Hello, and welcome to A Day's Journey podcast, where we speak our grief and where we're on our journeys to healing out loud, having those difficult conversations about that taboo topic that everyone shies away from. I am Miyoshi Walker, your host, a grief advocate and a faith walker on assignment to share Jesus, helping individuals as well as myself of overcoming their fear of grieving, speaking their grief, learning how to heal out loud, as well as having faith faith and trust in God on their journey. A Day's Journey podcast will focus on God, grief, and growth. We will speak healing, wellness, and become whole and having faith in God while navigating through grief while we're healing out loud. I answered the call and began sharing my grief stories and experiences of how God helped me begin my healing process. I am super excited about A Day's Journey podcast where we will focus on healing out loud. Hello and welcome to episode 10. On this episode, I will be sharing my story of my grief journey and the power of storytelling is what I spoke about last week. So I would like to tie that in before I bring in guests and other people to speak about their stories and share their stories. And so I thought it would be befitting for me to share my story. And so I want to start out the podcast with a scripture and the scripture is first Peter five and seven. And it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So even though you, you might be going through something today, whether it be losing of a loved one, a job, a pet or a relationship or whatever that is to you, you might feel numb and you might find yourself that, you know, um, while you're numb, you know, where do you start or you become anxious in knowing just how to get back to yourself? And so this verse is a reminder that God cares for us, which means he cares about anything you are concerned with. When we start to feel anxious or we don't know, you know, where to place our feelings or we begin to, you know, be in deep sorrow, just picture yourself handing that care into the hands of God. He already is aware of every single issue, problem, our concerns. He's aware of every single one. And so when someone that we love pass away or we're going through so many feelings and emotions, it can become overwhelming for the loss of them, but we'll start to worry that we'll not be able to make it through without our loved ones. Or if you lost a husband or wife, maybe, you know, they were the decision makers and now, you know, they are yours to make, or maybe you lost a parent and, you know, you're hurting inside and you just want to talk to them one more time, or perhaps you've lost a child and you feel that, part of you has died as well. But God knows how you feel in those moments. He only, he's the only one that truly does, no matter how many times that others, you know, say they went through it or claim to know how you feel. No one never know how you feel because your feelings are your feelings and your feelings are valid. And God made um, that heart. So he knows, he made your heart, I'm sorry, um, so he knows how it feel and what, um, 
emotions you are trying to process. So give your care to him. So first Peter five and seven says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so I'm going to go ahead and go into my story of, you know, the the entire process of what my husband and family went through. Um, I probably shared tidbits before, but I'm going to go into a little more detail uh, with sharing my story. And I'm going to just allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. And I'm going to start out with a prayer as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that you be with me. Be with my heart and mind, oh God. Allow me to decrease and allow yourself to increase, oh God. Allow me to share with you desire for me to share, oh God. I ask that you be before me. Be with my words, be with my thoughts, be with my heart. Allow me to be vulnerable, transparent, and whatever it is that you have called me to do. I ask this in your son, Jesus Christ's name, I do pray. Amen. And so with the beginning of my story of the journey of the death of my daughter, um, well, my story began with the grief of my daughter, Sharday. Um, my husband and I had just come off a week vacation in Cabo, Mexico. We had a great time. It was our first solo trip together without our children. It was a good week. It was amazing. We rekindled some things, had good laughs, ate good food, let a, met a lot of local people. It was a great trip. We did some adventures. We did some other things and we just had a a blast. And so with that being said, we were scheduled to come back on a Saturday. We arrived um, and we FaceTimed our children um, and our children, uh, Jada and Charday was on vacation in, in San Antonio, Texas. And while the other two were here at home, so that Saturday night, we FaceTime everyone to see how they were doing. And we talked a little bit about the trip that on that Saturday night. And so the next morning, my husband, he loves to play golf. So he got up to play golf. And, you know, I was here home, still a little lag from traveling. And I, you know, did some things around the house, laid down for just a brief second and got a phone call. And the phone call, I can hear it in my daughter's voice from my um, daughter, Jada. She was crying and she said, Mom, I'm trying to remain calm. But we found Sade unconscious. And I was like, okay, so what do you mean? So I'm trying to remain calm at the same time um, and telling her it's going to be okay. And so she was explaining the situation that was going on. So here we are hundreds of miles away. I don't have instant access to just go as, you know, being that mom that I am. So I had to remain calm and just ask what was going on, what was happening. My emotions was getting heightened and she let me know that they called the ambulance and they was trying to resuscitate her. But in the meantime, I'm thinking everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And, and in that moment, the Holy Spirit says, trust me. So with that being said, with a few phone calls in between and them you know, calling the ambulance, the resuscitation, uh, getting her to the hospital and not knowing exactly what was happening. The Holy Spirit still said, trust me. So during that time, I was calling my husband and calling my husband and calling my husband. And he finally answered. And so um, he he arrived back home. And at that point, I was already in the midst of 
finding flights for my husband and other two children to fly out to San Antonio. So once they were at the hospital, they tried the reviver, but that did not happen. So the Holy Spirit still said, do you trust me? Trust me in this process. So I still had in my mind, okay, everything is going to be okay. The Holy Spirit is saying, trust me. So I'm trusting him. And so um, during that time, you know, I'm out of it because if you know me, I'm that mom that I'm not a helicopter mom, but I'm one of those that I love my children. I'm concerned for their well-being at all times, whether they're with me or not with me. So therefore, not to be there by her side and to know every detail of what was going on just had me, you know, sort of out of it. But in the meantime, I'm looking for flights, my husband, for my husband, children and myself to fly out to San Antonio. And the earliest flight was around 12 noonish. So this was already like early in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. So therefore we had to pack whatever we had. And my husband and I never unpacked because we had just arrived home the, the day before. And so with that, um, we found a flight, got to the airport. Once we arrived to the airport, the Holy Spirit continued to tell me to trust him. And so during that time at the airport, we received a call from the neurologist and they called to say that it was nothing else that they could do and that they were sorry. And so my my husband and I were like, what are you saying? And they was like, we did all we can. It's nothing more that we can do. We're sorry for your loss. And at that moment, I just felt like I was in a transition of just standing still and everything was moving by so quickly. I don't know if you can imagine that. Just imagine a movie, how they have the person standing still, but everything is moving by so fast. And so that's what it looked like to me. Um, And in that moment, the Holy Spirit continued to whisper to me, trust me. So as we arrive um, to San Antonio airport, we we book a car, we're getting our luggage, we're trying to find out the directions to the hospital. In the meantime, our other children are just, you know, trying to assist the best way they can, but everything was working like clockwork. My husband and I was coinciding with each other and we're just getting things done, not really noticing we're getting things done. Then we finally get a car, head to the hospital, get to the hospital. And my daughter was lying there unresponsive. Um, they, you know, tubes, everything hooked up unconscious, but in my spirit, I knew that she was already gone. Um, and knowing what the doctor had stated, um, and just knowing, you know, that it, that, that was so, and the Holy Spirit again said to trust me. So we're, we're settled. The neurologists come in, take us into a room. He's talking to us and explaining everything, telling us all the procedures that had taken place and that everything that they could do, they possibly did. And that he was sorry to tell us that she had passed. So my husband and I came to terms of, okay, you know, I think we both were just were in shock. We we didn't really say much to each other, but we hugged each other, walked out, went back into my daughter's room. Uh, we we stood on each side of the bed and we began to praise God. We began to 
praise him and say hallelujah and glory to God and just worship him. And by this time, another nurse come into the room and said, you guys have to quiet it down. But we still was praising God. Um, and so God is still good in spite of that. In that moment, we knew our daughter had passed away. We knew that if she wasn't with us, she was with him. So in that moment, um, we knew that God had full control of everything. At that moment, it was a tall white male nurse that was standing in the room when my husband and I were praising God. And with a gentle, soft-spoken voice, he stated that I was here all night with her to make sure she was comfortable and that she had everything she needed. And he told us that he was sorry for her loss. So in, in that moment, God continues to still tell me to trust him. And in that moment, I can begin to think of this scripture. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. Psalms 46 and 10. So in that stillness, it it tells me, don't be afraid because God is with me. He will quiet my spirit. He will quiet my mind. He is with me. He is with me to remind me that he is with me and to trust him and that God is still God. So in that scripture, it reminds me of his faithfulness because of all times when you think you can't handle something that was tragic or that you thought that you just not could not make it through or you didn't have the strength, he will make it possible for you to get through. God sees your heart. He sees your mind. He sees your grief. He sees your weariness and that he will be there with you through the journey. So with that, the the nurse that was there with my daughter, you know, was such a gentle spoken person. And and we just, you know, just was trying to take it all in. And so with that, we come to terms that um, that, you know, she passed away. I stepped out of the room to go get some water and to check on the other children. But when I came back into the room in which my daughter Sade was still lying in and connected to the machines and tubes and everything, my husband was sitting in a chair and the light box in which they show you the x-rays and things like that, he had the image up of of her brain, um, of the scan. And my husband was speaking to him of the, the condition that had taken place and what happened and how she didn't suffer and it was nothing they can do. Surgery would not reverse it, but she was at peace. And so with that, I come into the room and see that and hear that. And it was just a gentleness within the room. And so we uh, for sure came to terms that she had passed away and the Holy Spirit still whispered, trust me. And I don't think it set in yet because the reality that she was gone because she still was laying there looking at peace, beautiful. I'm I'm like telling myself, well, maybe she will wake up at any moment. However, in our hearts, we knew she had gone home to be with God. And so with that, um, you know, we said, you know, we would just stay there. So we stayed in San Antonio for a week. And I think the one week was 
we was placed there so we did not feel overwhelmed or have the distractions I feel like back in Dallas that would just allow us to collect our thoughts and force to truly trust God through the process and allowing us to love on each other and allowing us to know that in reality that God will see us through this. But in the meantime, it did hurt. It did hurt and because it was suddenly. So in the meantime, two nurses came in to ask us if we would consider our daughter to be an organ donor, which we never considered. We never talked about this as a family. We never, you know, had these discussions, but we agreed. We we talked to the other children, her siblings, my husband and, and myself, we agreed to allow her to be an organ donor. And so with that being said, a family member that was in need of a kidney, her son called to see if we would consider for her to receive one of the kidneys because she had been on the list for so many years. And we began to pray and the Holy Spirit said she was a match. So they had to do a test to ensure she was a match. But the Holy Spirit had already said she's a match to me. So, of course, you know, we said, yes, she was a match and she she received a kidney. However, we were in San Antonio from the Sunday until the Friday because she was an organ donor. So the other recipients had to, you know, receive the message. Other things had to be set in place for them to, you know, um, to get the organs that was needed and for those individuals to receive it wherever they were in the United States. So everything began to, uh, to take place. Um, everything was set. Um, the individuals received the organs on that Friday. We returned home, I believe Saturday morning and they were able to donate eight organs to individuals that needed them. So by this time we returned home. Arrangements was made here in Dallas for her homegoing service. And, you know, in the meantime, while we were in San Antonio, our loved ones here in Dallas had already begun to set things in place. And God still whispered, trust me. So in this process, we still trusted God. We still was mourning. We still was, you know, hurt in disbelief. We had all of those emotions, but still God said to trust me and we had to trust him. So when we arrived home back here in Dallas, we had the support of family and friends the entire week. God showed up and we still trusted in him. We still trusted in him, although we were in shock and disbelief. We had to come to terms that our daughter had passed away because she wasn't sick or she didn't have any other ailments that we knew of and that um, it just happened naturally. And that in reality, you know, um, we still were processing it, even though we knew it was reality. And I began to ask God why. And God, he told me specifically the impact. It will, Her death will have an impact. And I said, okay, God, I know you wouldn't hurt me this way. I know you would not hurt us this way. I trust you. So during that time, 
We're at home with family and friends over. I receive a call from a local news station to do a story on Sade about donating her organs and who she was as an individual. So therefore, they highlighted her story. Her aunt uh, that received the kidney spoke um, and shared some of her life journey and story, um, as well as just knowing that eight other people received her organs. And so with that, we felt like it was a blessing. But at the same time, we knew that, you know, we wouldn't have her anymore. But however, God knew what he was doing, because in this moment, we are trusting him through the entire process of everything. And so with that, we have the the, the homegoing services. Um, everything was so beautiful. She was beautiful. Um, the support was amazing from family and friends. And God just did what he do. He was so gentle. He was so loving. He was, you know, speaking through other people. He was showing himself of who he was and Again, in Philippians 4 and 19, it says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory. And so in that, my husband, he he wasn't working. You know, we had funding to come in from family and friends. We had our needs met. Everything was set in place. And so to know that in Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory, Jesus Christ. So God will supply all of your needs, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing. You may not know how he's going to do it, but he know how he's going to do it. And the good news is that you don't have to worry about how he is going to do it because he thinks differently than we do. We have finite minds and his mind is infinite. So if if we don't know how it's going to get done, God already know because he knows about it before it even happened. And so with that, when God see you, see him supply each and every one of our needs, that means that he will supply, su- supply and provide at our point of need. And so therefore, we have to remember, even if we don't see the whole picture or don't understand things and they're unclear to us, we have to thank God of the fact that he's going to supply all of our needs and for answering our prayers. And we have to thank him and praise him. And that is just having the faith, the faith of a mustard seed. And so no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, that God is there with us and we trust him through the process. And with that being said, my daughter's legacy have been huge, amazing, because we still get contacts. We still have people reach out. We still have people reach out and say how she impact their lives. We had no idea of all the things that our daughter was, you know, doing and imparting on other individuals as she was being the social person that she was. But she left an impact of joy and love upon so many that she's cross the paths of. And so with that being said, we have to trust God through the process of the things that we go through and the experiences that we have because our tears are not wasted um, because our tears are collected in the bottle and it's nothing that we have to be ashamed of because Jesus wept. Jesus wept 
But the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saved those who are crushed in spirit, according to Psalms 34 and 18. So when you feel alone as you grieve or you're going through, you know, your experiences of loss, even in a crowded room, even when you feel like no one sees me or no one knows, God is there because he knows before it even happened. God is near to the brokenhearted. And so when we grieve, our hearts are broken into a million pieces. And so, you know, we have to understand that we can just trust God and allow him to heal us, to put us back together. So when we feel helpless and that we simply don't know what to do, or even when we reach out to other people and they may not know how to enter into your grief, even if you don't feel like God is near He is, and he's not going to leave you nor forsake you. And so with knowing that God is close to the brokenhearted, it doesn't matter what we go through, whether we're grieving a loved one, a loss of a job, a pet or a relationship or whatever the case may be. Um, He is with us and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, no matter what. Um, According to Revelations 21 and 4. So we have to know that no matter what, we can trust him. You know, we all know that weeping may endure for a night, but rejoice comes in the morning. We know that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. All of this is scripture. This is not me quoting quotes or, you know, what I'm making up, but this is according to scripture. And then it says that. Blessed, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. So to know that no matter what, if I'm mourning, that we will be comforted by the Holy Spirit. And so no matter what we go through, we can always go to God because it says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. So it says, he says, God says, come to me who I labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. So to know that I can have rest in Jesus and knowing that I can trust him and know that no matter what, he will see me through. I am trusting the fact that no matter what I go through, even if I'm in, I have sorrow, even if I'm grieving, even if I feel like, um, you know, not myself that day, I am trusting God through the process of my healing journey and allowing him to do it. I am surrendering myself to him to allow him to heal me the way I need to. Will it happen overnight? No. Will it probably take a while? Yes. But am I willing to to be up for the challenge? Absolutely, because I know that God will not hurt me on purpose. I know that God loves me. I know that he know my every need and my point of need. I know that whatever happened to me, he know about it before it even happened. He want me to come to him in faith and knowing that I trust him to see me through the process. And, And so with that being said, we know that no matter what, that he is our refuge and our strength. And he is very present in our time of help of trouble. And that's according to Psalms 46 and 1. Because our strength, our strength comes from God. If you ask God to give you the strength you need to get through each day, he will give you that. And on days when you feel like you just can't 
go on. God will carry you. God will see you through. God will be your refuge. He will place you where you can go and just hide in him. He will He will give you comfort. He will give you peace. He will be your safe place. I am speaking of what I experience and what I know and according to his word, because this is Psalms 46 and one, it says God is our refuge, strength and very present help in trouble. So you may not feel like it every day, but you will get through it no matter what you're going through. Not because of the strength you have, but because of some days that you will not have any, but because of the one who holds the strength and who is mighty and powerful, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God will give you your strength and he is the place of refuge. And so I hope that just sharing just uh, my story and just how God allowed me to process my grief and how, yes, I still have grief days. However, I know that it doesn't have to last long because God wants me to live an abundant life. He wants me to live a good life. And if I can share my story to help others or encourage others, I'm going to share my journey. I'm going to share my story and I'm going to be obedient. So with that, I hope that you receive something that can help you within this podcast on today. With that, many blessings to you. Have a good rest of the week. On today, I want to offer if you are not saved and you desire to become saved and accept Jesus Christ into your life. Read the scripture, Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and you are saved. Romans 10, 9 through 10. May God have a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. And if you are looking for a church home, I pray that you pray um, to God to lead and guide you um, to a church home so that you can, you know, um, get um, the teaching, um, become baptized, um, tell someone else about your new faith in Christ, and spend time with God each word in prayer and reading his Bible and seek out other followers of, of Jesus in order to um, help you on your walk of being newly saved. Many blessings to you. That's it for today's episode. Tune in next week for part two of having trust and faith in God. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of A Day's Journey podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, download, and leave a review on A Day's Journey Apple podcast. Rate the show. Be sure to share on your social media pages. Tag and mention me to let me know what you think about the show. For additional information, you can find A Day's Journey podcast on Facebook or Instagram or by email a day's journey podcast at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page. Have a good rest of your week. Many blessings.